The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Let's move away from what's happening in Chicago to chat about the player development pipeline because the Major League Baseball draft is coming up. And if the White Sox find themselves back above 500, the trade deadline is just five weeks away. So how is the farm system looking? Well, let's bring in one of our best friends of the podcast. He's a senior writer of MLB.com. It's Jim Callis. And hello, Jim. Thanks for coming back on the show. And I have to say, I was a bit jealous of you being in San Diego for the draft combine. How was the combine this year? It it was good. You know, I I think it really grew in year two. I I think last year they did a really nice job of putting it on. And obviously there was a lot of logistical hurdles, especially with trying to get guys to come to the first one, you know, especially because initially, I I think we've talked about this. The the deal was if you came to the combine, you had to do everything. You had to do a physical with no guarantees. You had to participate in games, you you know, and and, and nobody was going or none of the top guys really were going. And so they, they kind of figured out to make it more of, what they call an a la carte experience and you can pick what you want and but you know trying to get off the ground you know i, I think they did a good job in carry but in san diego i think the feeling was that it was it was significantly better the, the, the big thing well two things one you had more players there more of the best players there not necessarily working out on the field but you had more of the best players there because they, they they added a rule that if you do a physical at the combine a complete physical you're guaranteed 75% of your bonus slot where you're picked in the draft, you know, barring something that didn't show up in the physical coming up. And my understanding is I think about 70 to 75% of the 250 or so players went to the combine did that. Mm. Um, so to just avoid to say, you know, as you, I know, you know, this Josh, but like the average fan may not, but because most of these guys are playing, uh, you know, before, you know, leading up to draft or word until they moved it to July, like, like and, and you really don't have any access to medical records unless, you know, it, 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 if a guy had surgery, you might get access to those. Essentially, you draft a player, you know, hoping you know what's going on with them medically, and then you do a physical, and it's a weird process. We saw it last year with Kumar Rocker. The Mets were going to give him 10 or $6 million as 10th overall pick. Um, we saw it a few years ago with Brady Aiken when he was number one overall pick. The Astros are going to give him $6 million. And then you do a post-draft physical, and the team sees something they don't like, 
And both those deals fell apart and the guys didn't sign. And, and, and it's a weird process too, because it's not like you get to appeal it. If I'm the player and I fail the physical, it's not like I get to go get a second opinion. The, the only person whose opinion matters is the doctor employed by the team. So it, it's not a good system. So, so this will hopefully avoid some of those problems. You had more guys go. And then the second benefit was while the USA baseball facility in, in Cary, North Carolina is really nice. And it was nice set up for doing all the on-field stuff last year. You had, that was 20 minutes away from the hotel, which is where the teams were interviewing players, which, which everybody agrees is the best part of the process is the players and teams love getting to know each other. It's a little speed dating aspect. Cause it's like 25, 30 minute interviews, but you can meet with a lot of teams and you can have like the white Sox are interviewing somebody. They might have eight guys in the room. So it's like a way for a lot of people to get to know each other, but, but you had the, Hotel in North Carolina was like 20 minutes away from the field. And then the performance testing stuff they do, like the bra jumps and the, the sprints and force plate exercises, those were down the street in the convention center. You know, the medical exams, I'm not even sure where they were, but everything was in like different places. This year, it was all at Petco. Um, they, they, what they did is they took the suites at Petco and each team had a suite. So if you're a player, you, you would, you know, you do your on-field stuff at the park. You would do your performance testing was all in the concourses. You would meet with teams just by going from suite to suite. The medical stuff was back at the hotel, but uh, and, and the hotel was like a, a beautiful 12 minute walk from, you know, where it was San Diego. Where there was a hundred back here, Josh, it was crazy. I left <laughs> Chicago for California and it got like 30 degrees cooler. Um, you know, it was just very pleasant walk to the ballpark from the hotel. Every, you, you, when I'd walk to the ballpark, I'd run into players or GMs or whoever, scouting directors, it was great. Um, and so I think everybody really loved that aspect of it. Um, you know, I, there's talk, it may be in, in Dallas next year, you know, a, a globe life, you know, which obviously would be hotter, but you would have a roof. Um, but like, I, I think we're definitely big league park to stay. And, you know, it's, I've kind of come around on, like, I, I still, uh, I'll go ahead and say it. I guess I've said it before. I, I don't think the on-field stuff really matters because you've scattered all these guys heavily. Like, it, mm -hmm. it might matter for guys here or there, Connor Prelip, who's come back from Tommy John had thrown only one bullpen. Yeah. Like that helped, but you know, Tamar Johnson or Cam Collier, who are the two best guys who actually did stuff on the field, took BP, Josh, I know those guys can hit 30 yep. teams. know those guys can hit. It wasn't like, Oh man, Tamar takes really nice BP. Like God draft him high. Like, like, like I don't think it moves the needle there, but I look at it more as, as, as the on-field stuff. And it's like a TV show. It's a way to promote the draft, promote the game, get to know young players. Tamar had a great interview with Harold Reynolds and Greg Amsinger uh, on the desk. So did a lot of other guys. Um, so I, so I, I like that aspect of it. Everybody loves, everybody loves the interviews. I think the teams are really pleased that they got detailed medical information on 170, 180 guys. Um, and I do think it'll, it'll continue to get bigger and better because you know, it's only your two. I mean, is it going to be the NFL combine? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think people know these players that well to where there's that kind of interest, but I do think it's a nice way to promote the game. So um, it, it was a good time. I, I enjoyed my time out there. So the combine's going to stay, right? Cause that was hundred percent. I'd be shocked. I mean, I always want to be careful. <laughs> I, I don't, I work for MLB.com, but I'm not like involved in the planning. Mm -hmm. I think a thousand percent, I think MLB loves the combine. It's not going anywhere. Everybody, I th like all 30 GMs voted. They would rather have the draft in June. 
Yeah. No, nobody likes how late it is because it because you're, you're watching 2023 guys while you're trying to still do the 2022 draft. You mentioned trades, et cetera. Like if I'm a special assistant for the White Sox or anybody, either I'm trying to evaluate the players in my system. So I know which guys we should trade if we're a contender or I'm evaluating players in other systems. If we're going to be a seller to know who we get. And I can't do that and still be dealing with 2022 draft at the same time. So I, I don't think the combine's going anywhere. Um, I think if we have a draft in June and I don't know realistically what the percentage chance of that is of happening, but if we do have a draft in June, I think it would be the end of June. It would be about now. Cause I, I just, I think, they like the combine too much. And like I said, I, I think there, there's value in the combine. Like people love the interviews. Like, yeah, your area scouts talk to guys. And, and like, if, if you're a big time, a big time pick, you know, they're probably going to bring you in to meet everybody, but it's just a way you can meet a lot of players and players can meet with a lot of teams instead of having to fly all over the place. That makes a lot of sense. They love the medical information. So I, I, I don't think the combine's going anywhere. I, I could see the draft moving to June. I, mm-hmm. I'd be, the combine's not going anywhere. Get the combine in Chicago. That'd be that'd be helpful for me. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, here's the thing: it would be fun, but as we both know, living here, I just think with the thunderstorms we get, yeah, and there's no roof, like it, it's not coming to Chicago. Like that's that, that's the problem: is that you kind of either either have to have it in place as perfect weather, like San Diego, and I, I think the only knock on San Diego anybody would have is they wished it was in the middle of the country. Like, like if you were in the East Coast, you'd fly all the way out West. You know, like, mm-hmm. like just in the middle of the country, it'd be easier. But um, I, I just think with the weather up here, it'd be tough. You know, if, if you get rain, like then, then you're stuck. Although, interestingly, I think Cleveland is, is in the running to maybe have a combine. And it, I mean, is the weather in Cleveland that much? Do they no. have fewer thunderstorms than we do? <laughs> like, um, so I don't know. Like, is there a roof in Cleveland that I, I didn't realize? But like, there's there's some Cleveland talk. But um, yeah, I don't. I it would be cool to have in Chicago, and everybody would love it because major airport. I mean, that's you know, mm-hmm. I think that's another appeal of Dallas is you have DFW, but you'd have a major airport and everybody could get in. But I don't know. I, I don't know that we necessarily would. Plus, the fact that Chicago decided to be 100 degrees during the combine <laughs> this year, I don't think helps the case either, unfortunately. It does not, but for selfish reasons, I would love it for it to it be, be. It would be a lot easier on me. I could, I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, I wouldn't complain. Uh, so the White Sox recently had a couple of promotions. Uh, Lenin Sosa skipped AAA and joined the White Sox this weekend for the Orioles series and uh Colson Montgomery who had a 30 plus game on base streak going for Canapolis was promoted to Winston-Salem. So now he's joining Oscar Colas. Uh, and in his first game, he had a home run with the dash. So he's off to a good start. Can I give you some breaking news, Josh? Sure. Like I, I not like I, when our next guy graduates, let me, let me get this right. Colson Montgomery will soon be on our top 100 prospects list. We've, we always kind of have like a little list of like the next guys to get promoted. I'm just checking uh, this real quick. Let me give you the exact information. Breaking news, violating the secrecy <laughs> of the t- surrounding the top 100. Colson Montgomery is our second guy up to be added to the top 100. And it looks like Unless he gets sent down, C.J. Abrams will graduate. He'll be the second guy to graduate off our list after Ryan Contreras. So around July 2nd, right before July 4th, July 2nd, I think you'll see Colson Montgomery on the top 100 prospects list. Unless C.J. Abrams gets sent down, in which case 
you may have to wait until Nolan Gorman or Adley Rutschman graduates a couple of days after that. So yeah, and I'm interrupt you, but you're breaking news right there. Well, that's that's great to have the breaking news. I getting a chance to watch Adley Rutschman in Chicago this weekend. He is the real deal. So with Montgomery, with that breaking news, we did a podcast around New Year's to share our resolutions, personal and our resolutions for the White Sox. One of my personal resolutions are doing terribly, Jim. But oh, no. <laughs> what were they? What's your, what's your, what, what is your uh, most disappointing resolution? Not drink soda for the entire year. I made How long it, did that last? I made it to April. Wow, that's and pretty then, good. Then I got COVID, and then I just uh. got angry that I got COVID, even though I'm vaxxed and boosted, and it was just a mild case. So I'm like, you know what? I'm unhappy. I'm going to have a can of Dr. Pepper. Uh, so, so, so can you go have you quit or have you continued no, just to drink since then it's I, gone I been since then okay sorry. Uh, so i'll have to get back on that track but for the white Sox, my resolution one of my new year's resolutions for them was to develop a top 100 prospect there because, you go yeah and if colson montgomery can make it that that's a good sign because it's one thing to be ranked 30th and have all these prospects graduate and they're in chicago but you still need to develop guys, that next wave of talent. And that's something that we didn't necessarily see, I would say, pre-2015 from the White Sox, where they really were struggling to develop talent, and hence why they needed to have a rebuild. So to have Colson Montgomery be on the cusp of being the top 100 is going to be great news for White Sox fans. Why is Colson Montgomery rising up your guys' board? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I don't think it's so much that he's dramatically improved. It's just, you know, it's a couple of things. I mean, you, you do these lists, you know, our list constantly changes because guys graduate. And, and and I think we talked about the, the number of the guys at the top of our list began the year in the big leagues and, you know, have started to graduate off the list. So I don't think it's so much that like, hey, like he's jumped up as a bunch of guys have graduated. And he's you know, like, if he was 120 coming into the year, he, you know, or whatever, we, we don't go that deep, you know, he, he's graduated, but like, I, I do think developmentally, I think everybody should be pretty pleased with how it's gone for Colson Montgomery. Um, you know, I, I look at him, you know, the, the biggest thing to me, like, I don't think early career stats mean that much, especially rookie ball coming out of the draft. But what I always look at is, is you know, just is the guy commanding the strike zone, whether he's a pitcher or a hitter. You know, if, if guys coming in and striking out 35% of the time, yeah, yeah, maybe it doesn't mean that much, but like that doesn't necessarily bode well. You know, or, or if the pitcher's, you know, not missing bats, you're like, okay, what's going on? And, you know, we said this last year, you know, Colson, you know, famously didn't hit a home run and he slugged 362 in the ACL, but he controlled the strike zone. He hit the ball hard. And, and, and uh, what I like, it, it's weird. I mean, I know this sounds weird, but I'm almost like, I think the fact he only has five home runs in a way speaks well of him. He hasn't come into pro ball and said, okay, I'm six foot four. I'm a first round pick. Everybody's comparing me to Corey Seager. I got to start launching balls all over the place. He's just come in and he's hitting the ball hard, working the ball, to the gaps, you know, hitting line drives you know, striking out about 20% of the time, which is fine. You know, he's young for, for his levels. He's drawn walks. I, I've been really pleased with it. Um, so, uh, I mean, how about you, Josh? I mean, are, are you pretty heartened by the season he's having? From the film that I've seen, what my takeaway is he plays within himself. As you mentioned, he's not trying to be a superstar right away. I, I can't say the same for Oscar Colas. I think when Colossus was really struggling in May, he was going for the home run and yeah. that got him out of whack. Now, if you look at his June numbers, he's starting to get back to his game and the numbers have improved. 
So you, you are right. Prospects, they get they get frisky. They they want to continue to rise up the farm system and prove that they're future major leaguer. And that's what I appreciated watching Colson Montgomery is that day in and day out, he's just trying to stay within his game plan. And this is how you get a 30 plus on base streak going uh, with Kannapolis, which is refreshing from a White Sox perspective because the big problem with their offense this year is again, going back to guys are not getting on base. Are they developing guys that have good on base skills? And right now, Colson Montgomery, I know it's early, but he's demonstrating that he can get on base. So I've been pretty impressed by Colson Montgomery. And it's an interesting contrast, not to pick on anybody, but you look at the guy they took in the second round, Wes mm-hmm. Kath, high school guy, also got a seven figure bonus. And Wes struck out a ton last year. He struck out like at about a 40% clip. And this year, he's still striking out a 35% clip. Now, look, and he's young. And, and so I'm not saying, oh, West Calf is doomed. It, 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 it's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not saying that by any means. But it's just it, it, alarming might be strong. But his strike, you know, he's got 131 strikeouts in about 375 plate appearances, 87 pro games. That's, that's a concern. You know, I don't know how much of that is he's trying to do too much versus, oh, there's a glaring hole in his swing that people are exploiting. It, it, it's probably some of both, but that's why, I mean, to see Colson Montgomery just come in and just, and just perform and, 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 you know, Hey, he's only got, you know, he didn't hit a home run last year. He's only got five this year. The power is going to come, you know, he's going to get stronger too. Um, so I, I, I think his development has been really, really, you know, a, a I don't know if it's, well, I'll say pleasant development rather than pleasant surprise because we knew he was good. But he's just, I mean, Colson Montgomery's kind of been everything the White Sox would have hoped to this point. Lenny and Sosa, are you surprised he got called up? No, I mean, not really because, I mean, I, I get from one standpoint, like he wasn't on the 40 man, right? Like they had to add him mm-hmm. to the 40 man. Because like sometimes you see moves made because, oh, this guy's on the 40 man. So, he's coming up even though there might be a better option. I, I, I just think it's, it speaks to more to, okay, we're trying to win this year, obviously. And so we're going to bring up the guy we think has the best chance to help us win. Most of the time you have moves you can make on the 40 man, whether it's throwing a guy, I didn't see what they did to, to bring up, you throw a guy in the 60 to 80 IL or, or you have some chaff you designate for assignment. I mean, you can, you can work that out, but yeah, I mean, now he might be the most pleasant surprise this year. Not that, we didn't think he was talented because we've always known he was talented. I mean, for, for, for years, I mean, he's been one of their better young infield prospects. And I, I, I do think he's got some of the best bat to ball skills in the organization, but which was both good and bad because he would basically swing at everything and put everything in play. Like a ball could be six inches off the plate and he could put it in play and he might punch it outfield for a hit, or he might just, you know, have a weak ground ball. But, I mean, he already, before they promoted him, walked more this year than he did all of last year. Um, and and he, I think he's just making much better swing decisions. I mean, you're talking about a guy who went from a, you know, four-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio in low A in 19. You know, then the pandemic comes. He, he plays last year between high A and double A, and it's a six-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio, which is not going to be tenable. Um and then this year it was two to one and he was, you know, having a great year at Birmingham. So I, I think it was, it was, I think somewhat of a reward, like, Hey, you've made the adjustments we've, we've wanted you to make, but also like, Hey, <laughs> Danny Mendick got hurt, which is unfortunate. Like we need some help. 
who's the best option? It's you. So I, he, he's probably been, again, I don't know if surprise is the right word. Cause I think I always knew it was in there, but like to see a guy have his swing decisions improve that much this quickly. And he, he's still so young. Like he, if, if we were handing out awards, you know, roughly halfway through the season, he'd probably be most improved player, you know, most pleasant surprise or, or whatever you want to call it. He's, I mean, really a credit to him. So moving over to the major league baseball draft. And I know listeners, I've been writing about the draft since mid February. Who, who's still... your pick? Who do you, who do you have? Who do, <laughs> well, I was who gonna, do you want? I was going to get there. I was going to get to that. Okay. Uh, we're three weeks away. So our last mock draft was on June 3rd. And I had the White Sox taking because a little birdie told me I should be paying attention more to this prep infielder Uh from South Carolina named Tucker Toman. Hey, I did the same thing. And then, yes, your (laughs) latest mock draft, you got Tucker Toman. So White Sox fans that are listening to this right now are going to be asking, who is Tucker Toman? Tucker Toman is the best high school hitter in this draft you haven't heard about. Now, you know, you look at the top of the draft. I just mean in terms of hype, because again, these guys aren't that well known. Mm-hmm. At the top of the draft, you got Drew Jones and Jackson Holiday and Termar Johnson and Elijah Green and Cam Collier's not technically a high school player because he grad he he reclassified and graduated early and he's in JUCO, but he's 17. I mean, those are the guys getting all the attention. And then behind them, like far less hype, you have like the Cole Youngs and the Jet Williams names have been bandied about for a while. And and and, and Toman is just a kid who can really, really hit. And it's like it's funny. He introduced himself to me in the um, at the hotel. Like uh, he he ran into. In fact, Josh, it was we were in the same hotel where you and I talked at the winter meetings. Oh yeah, and it was at 19, 2019. 2019, exact yeah. same hotel, exact same lobby. We talked baseball for ninety minutes. I love Tucker Tillman. That's not that's not why I projected the White Sox, but great kid, and it's insane because I when I started Baseball America full time in December '88, his dad Jim was the assistant coach to Ray Tanner at NC State. And I was telling Tucker, I was like, I bet, I mean, I, I know his dad a little bit, but I was like, I don't, I, I don't know if I've talked to your dad since you were born. Like his, <laughs> his dad, his dad became like, I, I would always talk to the college recruiter doing draft stuff, but his dad went on to become the head coach at Liberty. And now he's at Middle Tennessee State. He went to South Carolina with Ray. And I, I won't go into the long version of the story, but as a Georgia grad, I tried to get Georgia to hire Ray Tanner in 1996 and they were too slow and South Carolina got him. And I even gave a quote to the, to the, to the South Carolina newspaper, that Ray Tanner was the type of coach who could win multiple national championships, which, which happened, which I'm happy for Ray, but not happy that my Bulldogs did not hire him back when I told them they should. <laughs> like I, I, I actually told the assistant AD, that's the guy you should hire and he would get the job. Anyway, but I was just telling Tucker, I was like, if Georgia had just listened to me, you would be growing up in Athens instead of South Carolina. But anyway, mm. I digress. Tucker's Tucker's a switch hitter. He can really, really hit. Um, like, like it, it, it's, it's a cliche, but when you grow up around the game, I do think, especially for hitters, just getting those reps at a young age and getting good instruction. I mean, Tucker's probably been, you know, getting taught how to hit since he was five years old by his dad and, you know, getting, you know, high level instruction and, and facing guys. But like, I just think he understands his swing really well. He just, you know, one of these guys who finds the barrel very easily. Um, I think it could be, you know, the upside would be plus hitter plus power. Um, you know, he's not below average runner, average arm. So I think there's a question where exactly do you play him? You know, he's high school shortstop. He's not going to be a shortstop, you know, third base. Maybe you can, 
get the arm a little stronger. I, I do think third base, I think we've talked about this with guys. You look at Robin Ventura, you look at Wade Boggs, guys who were considered terrible fielders at third base, became gold glovers. You can work at third and he'll work. He has good baseball instincts. You know, maybe, you know, one of these, you know, second baseman, you know, where, you know, defensive position comes in. So the position's a little bit of a question, but he can really, really hit. Um, and, you know, the, to me, 26 might, he might not get to 26, but, but he could. More with Jim Callis after a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Mike Rankin here, lead editor at futuresocks.com. And James Fox here, senior editor at futuresocks.com. We've got you covered on all things related to the White Sox minors and the MLB draft. James Fox works with our Mike Rankin. They do a great podcast together. It's really a highlight of my week to hear that on Tuesdays. Thank you. Join us every Tuesday on the Future Sox podcast, wherever you get your podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network and SoxMachine.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The White Sox really could use pitching help though, Jim. And it's becoming a very glaring need throughout this farm system that they don't have enough pitchers. This pitching class was a lot better before guys started getting hurt. But for those of the White Sox fans who would like to see the team draft more pitchers, are there any pitchers you are hearing maybe attached to the White Sox at pick 26 or maybe even in the second round? I haven't heard specific pitchers really attached to him. I will say it's like it's a good news, bad news situation because the college pitching class has been so decimated by injuries. Almost any of the college pitchers could be in play at 26. Like there really aren't that many, like I, I'll put it this way. I, there will be college pitchers who go ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Like Connor Prelip, who I mentioned at the combine coming off Tommy John. And he's not going to throw again. He threw two bullpens. I think he probably does. And Carson Wisenant, who's pitching in the Cape Cod league after suspension, those guys probably go ahead of him. But like all the guys who pitched all season, you can make cases for yeah Justin Campbell or or, or Cooper Jerpy or Blade Tidwell who who missed some time with a shoulder injury you know Gabriel Hughes 
all could go ahead of them, but they all could be there too. So they could have, and with the injured pitchers, they all could be available also. The, 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 the unfortunate thing for the White Sox is that they pick, because they were good last year, they pick so low. Like if you picked in the middle, the, 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 let's say the upper half of the second round, like the slew of injured pitchers who are potential first rounders, your Peyton Pellets and your Landon Sims and, and, and all those guys would be, a lot of those guys would be available, but I think they're good. Those are guys are going to be picked clean. So I, I have not heard like a specific, you know, specifically, Hey, Cooper Jerpy to the White Sox now, <laughs> because I'm chuckling. And I told him this, I ran into Mike Shirley at the combine, Indiana players, high school pitchers, I was like, Mike's always like, I don't know. I really, honestly, I know I haven't gotten back to you much when you, know, when you text to me, when you're doing mock drafts, because I don't know who's going to be there, which is true. And I was joking. I was like, well, I'm just going to keep giving you Andrew Dukanich, you know, because he's, <laughs> he's from Indiana. Yeah. You like Indiana guys. You like high school pitchers. Andrew Dukanich. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they took Andrew. I mean, and took Andrew Dukanich, but like, that's the pitcher who, and I don't know how much of that when you hear the chatter is just based on past trends. So, um, they will have their pick of many pitchers and, and the high school pitchers often get pushed down too. like, there obviously will be pitchers taken ahead of them, but you could, you could really make a case. This is how crazy this draft is. Like you, like any pitch, I, I can make a case for why Connor Prelip could be available or wasn't it, like I said, or I, I think the only pitcher who has zero chance of getting to pick 26 is Brock Porter, the kid from Orchard Lake, Michigan, uh, St. Mary's prep, uh, Gatorade national player of the year. He, he's going to go on the top 10 or 12 picks, but other than that, you can make a case, you know, there will probably be another four or five, six pitchers to go ahead of him. But any other pitcher you bring up, I could give you an explanation as to how he could get to 26. And that brings up the player that I was most surprised when I wrote about him on SoxMachine.com that sent shockwaves, especially in the comment section and replies to the story. And that's Kumar Rocker. And we did get we did get this question from one of our Patreon supporters, Matt, uh, who wrote to us, has Kumar Rocker regained his 2019 form? Jim, based on what you are hearing, is Rocker closer to his 2019 form? Deep sigh. Everybody's trying to figure it out. I mean, he's he's pitched, I think, four times right now. He's playing competition that's worse than what he faced in college. So like, yeah, Willie Garcia is his teammate, by the way, White Sox fans. Who is Willie Garcia? Really? Yeah. I hadn't even paid attention who was on his team. Yeah. So anyway, like, so like the, the performance component doesn't really, you're, you're looking at stuff and like the stuff's been good. He's hit 99. He's thrown some hard sliders. I've also had people tell me that it's like watching a showcase game that they, that, that, that like I had a scout tell me they feel like he comes out in the first inning and throws as hard as he can trying to light up the radar gun. And then the second inning, you know, and, and there have been starts where he's hit a guy and walked a couple guys in the first, you know, he's, he's controlling command go. And then in the second inning, it's like, we're going to try to snap off the slider as hard as we can. And then he pitches another inning or two and that's it. So yeah, you, you've seen good stuff. It's been three or four stints. The, the biggest question, it's funny. It was same thing for us for Twitter. Like Kumar, Kumar, Kumar. Yeah, like, I mean, look, he's a fascinating guy. I wish him well because you know, we were talking about the, the situation with physicals. The, the situation screws the player who, who fails the physical. Like there's no real rib course. And that's like, okay, Kumar, we'd rather have the 11th pick in next year's draft. So we're offering you literally their final offer to Kumar Rocker was zero dollars. 
like they offered him zero like yeah. like there's no recourse it's not like hey we don't want you but there's there's some mechanism to where you can go back in the draft and other somebody else could sign you there's none of that so i, I hope he does well the, the biggest issue with him is you, you you just can't answer like i was gonna say intelligently but i was just gonna say realistically about his draft stock without knowing what the medicals look like um i i've heard I've talked to, to the Boris Corp. They will, something will be released at some point. <laughs> what it is and when it is, I can't tell you that. But the Mets saw something. Like, unless, and I don't know what scenario it would be where the Mets would have overblown it. Like a guy they were so excited about taking it for t- a tenth of a roll and giving him $6 million that they would just, exaggerate something to get out of the deal so you know and again the pitchers there's always going to be wear and tear on the arm you know his velocity fluctuated at times last year he looked worn out at the end of the year pitching twice on short rest in, in omaha but like you just can't gauge where he's going to go without knowing what the medical is like 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 what if it's it's I mean, I, I, I mean, he's throwing well now. So I like, I, I, and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know, but like, what if it's something that's really worrisome? Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to factor an account. And what if like, you know, th- th- there's no consensus. It's not like there's one doctor, like I said, determine it's 30 teams. Doctors will determine this. So it's possible that whatever happened to him last year. And again, nobody knows except for the Mets that maybe 10 teams would have been like, you know what? This is fine. Pay the man. And 20 teams have been like, Oh my God back off like pull the offer but like i just nobody i i it's funny i asked teams this they asked me this i haven't a bunch of combine i had team picking it toward the end of the first round saying is he gonna go ahead of us and i was like you seen the medicals and he was like no and i was like i i I just don't know like if the medicals were pristine which that would seem to be a stretch let's just say the medicals completely checked out then he probably goes you know top half the first round and if they don't, then it depends on what your interpretation of them is. But it's, I, I don't know what to make of them. And I keep, I keep taking the easy way out with, with my mock drafts, Josh, where mm-hmm. I say until teams can clarify the medical, I, I, it would just be me guess. I, I could take, take, pick a name out of the hat and say that's where he's going. And I'm not going to do that. Like, I, I, like, no t- like, I have no inkling of which team is on Kumar until until we know but but it's funny because i i hadn't really thought about it but i but i assume for your side i assume anybody who has a fan site their fans are probably asking hey can we draft kumar rocker you know and i just don't know that is i think that is a fair answer at this point i will i will say do you see jerry reinsdorf signing off on 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 paying kumar rocker like he's not i don't he's not gonna get six million dollars but i would assume there's gonna be you know, Boris Corp trying to work some overslot magic somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I really see guy who famously had some kind of medical issue, Jerry Reinsdorf saying, Hey, empty the truck for this guy. I, I just, that, that doesn't seem like something he would sign off on. No, the White Sox only have a little more than $6 million in total bonus spend, anyways. Well, uh, he wouldn't <laughs> get six, but like maybe he gets. I don't know, four and a half. I, I, again, I don't know how you even know what he's going to get until you know what the medical looks like, but I just, I don't know. The White Sox feel like one of the least likely teams 
like to do to do that to me just gut feeling Mm -hmm. do you i mean do you think they would no i they were so hot and heavy in knoxville for that regional that if you ask me you know what college pitcher is most likely on the radar i would say blade tidwell and then we'll get it closer to the draft and then someone will be like well why don't they draft ben joyce in the first round (sighs) that's my exact reaction that's exactly I it's funny. I, I like Ben Joyce, but I feel <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've had to just like put him in context. Okay, yes, yes, Ben Joyce throws one of five, which is really good. He throws about 80 to 85% fastballs. If you look at, at film of him, he gets a lot of swings and misses on sliders, but it's basically because co- it's college guys gearing up to try to hit 103. And they start swinging before the ball leaves his hand and the ball wind, slider winds up like his strike percentage on sliders is not good. And the biggest issue, I, the biggest question with him is like, you know, he's, he's had all these injury issues. He's a Tommy John, he's had shoulder, he's had growth plate issues. He basically pitched on three days rest almost the whole season. They used him right. once or twice a week. And that's just not conducive. Like, like I'd never heard of a reliever like in pro ball where it's like, okay, he can pitch every fourth day. Like, that's not, I mean, I guess you could be an opener. Like, he's interesting. It, it's, it's, it's really intriguing arm talent, and there's not a lot of innings. So, like, I'm sure from development standpoint, if you, if you develop pitchers well, maybe you can get him more consistent. I mean, there's a lot to work with. I mean, not only does he throw hard, it's kind of that flat approach angle. It's very hard to hit. But, like, and I like Pitching Ninja, but, like, Pitching Ninja has everybody whipped up into this froth. They're like, like I'll give you a case in point. And I like pitching ninja, so I'm not picking on you, pitching ninja. But like he started, they used him as a starter because I, I remember this game Georgia, against my my alma mater, Georgia, and 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 he threw a pitch at I don't know 103, 104, and pitching ninja's like the only starter who throws that hard is Jake Degrom, and it's like no, it's not Jake Degrom, Jake De, like no, like that that's just and that, like. Love pitching ninja. That was an ass nine comparison. This guy's making one start. And then he's like, oh, here he is, blowing guys away 103. And then part of me is like, pitching ninja, why don't you show the two jacks my boys hit off him in the fourth inning? Like okay. it wasn't like like Georgia had uh, you know no clue. And 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 I love my Bulldogs. We have an older lineup. We we don't have first round picks in our lineup, but two guys took him deep in the fourth inning. And and so anyway, I I share your pain. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people where I'm like Ben Joyce, like like he's so good. And, and he like like he's good. I think Ben Joyce is gonna go. I'll, I'll guess third round to somebody. Like it's really intriguing arm talent. And if you get him with an organization that can really develop pitchers and maybe they get more strikes, like he's interesting. But you know, like it's kind of like I mean in a different way than Kumar. Like we don't know that this guy can pitch more than every four days. And if he's a reliever. And I have to give him three days rest every time I use him. I mean, very good Tennessee team. Great. They were great at everything. They just lost to Notre Dame in, 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 the, in the Super Regionals. They didn't try to close him. Like, he, he almost never pitched with, with the game on the line. Now, I don't know if part of that was because it was lack of availability. You can't have him as a closer, and he pitches, you know, once a week in the SEC, and he's not available the other two days. But didn't really use him in that many high leverage situations. There was one where they lost a midweek game to – I think it was Tennessee tech and he threw like a, a triple digit fastball to like number five or six hitter. And the guy crushed it out of the park for two run Homer and beat Tennessee. Like he's really interesting and everybody gets caught up in the one Oh five, but there's a lot of questions about him too. So he said, yeah, you, you could probably have Ben Joyce in the first round if the white Sox wanted. 
No. Uh, <laughs> hey, he's good. I, I always feel bad. I feel like I'm picking on Ben Joyce. And I'm, I'm not. I just, when everybody gets all excited about it, I feel compelled to say, okay, yeah, he throws 105. And that's really intriguing. But there's all these other question marks about him too. Yeah. Third round's a good area to select him. Yeah. First round is a big aggressive. No, I don't think he'd go in the first two rounds. I, I, and even third round, I think third round's about as early as you start taking college relievers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you have to see who's there, but yeah. Who, who's, who's your gut feel guy you want in later rounds, Josh? Who, who do you want to sneak in the second or third round? Well, I, I think Dukanich could be a second round option for the White Sox to kind of follow. Him? Well, that's, pay him? That, that's the question, right? Like how aggressive do you want to pay him? Is two and a half million dollars sufficient? Uh, because if you do that with Toman and if you get Toman's slot, that's about 2.8 million Decanage 2.5. If he's willing to take that, all right, you're at 5.3 million. You got $900,000 left for rounds three through 10. And your draft is very heavy on two prospects. So that's They've done that before too. Yeah. They, they have done that before. And you, you could go the extra percent, extra 5%, which would give you 300,000, but like, it's still the same thing. Like, I don't know. Like I, I'm going to say, I, I don't see them going that i i don't i just don't see them paying dukanich what it would like like that and that roughly would be in my my mind what it might take to sign him in the second round because again they just pick too low you're giving up pretty much the whole rest of your draft you're, you know like you could sign eight guys for 125,000 each and i mean i think you just have to say their track record of doing that in the past isn't looking real great right now. So right. I, I just don't, I, I think if they take Dukanich, you take him in the first round and, and, you know, get him, you know, you know, somewhere around slot and, and then go on with the rest of your draft. So I, I, you can't have, how, how about where you're not going over slot who, who intrigues you later in the draft? I like the Florida state pitchers as far as the two lefties. Uh, and those guys like, like Hubbard and Messick and those yeah. guys can move pretty quick. Like, I would think – I don't think Messick gets to their second pick. Mm-hmm. So you probably aren't getting Messick. I could see Hubbard probably goes around there. Um, I, I think he probably goes around there. And, you know, and there's something to be said. I mean, that's kind of the opposite. I mean, they've taken these high upside, you know, boomer bust types. You know, for the most part, they're, they're early pitching picks. And, and Hubbard's more of that – you know, lefty who knows how to pitch high floor type of guy who, who probably would move very, very quickly through the system. Yeah. So I'll have to sit down and re look at my list of all the college pitchers that I nominated for the Dick. You want college pitchers around two through 10. Yeah. You want Tucker Toman and then just bring you nine pitchers. Yeah. I, or, or thereabouts. Jim, the Charlotte Knights have two (laughs) starting pitchers right now. (laughs) <laughs> who are who are those two starting pitchers i don't even know who they are that's the worst thing we have a beat reporter in charlotte and all he tells me is they have they have in a five game series they got to do three bullpen games and they got two starters and he told me who the starters were and i've it's never like heard of benjamin before. i think west benjamin's hurt <laughs> i can't keep track is it davis martin back there now davis martin is back you make a good point so now they got three starters <laughs> So, is Jimmy Lambert one of them, or is Jimmy, Jimmy Lambert, Lambert is in with the White Sox? He's yeah. pitching out of the bullpen. I can't keep track. Yeah. Well, this is crazy. I'm looking at you. Have, 
<laughs> How many different starters have the Charlotte Knights used in 70 games so far this year? Oh, my pitchers? gosh. I don't know. 12, maybe? 20. Oh, boy. And now, now, so it looks like four of those, five of those guys are, well, six, seven, six of those guys are clearly relievers who were used in bullpen games, but they've used 20 different starters this year. Yeah. The White Sox need pitchers. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's kind of my thinking. I'll write more about it on SoxMachine.com, White Sox fans. But, yeah, this uh, I, I could understand in the draft war room for the White Sox, Tucker Toman continues the strategy of getting younger in the farm system. But, boy, there is a pretty big need now for the White Sox to add more pitchers for their affiliates. There's going to be a lot of content coming up in the upcoming weeks from MLB.com as we approach closer to the Major League Baseball draft. Updates to the top 100, which Jim had some breaking news earlier. Each team's top 30 list will be updated shortly after the draft. You'll want to follow Jim on Twitter. He's at Jim Callis MLB. Read his excellent work on MLB.com. And you can watch the MLB draft on MLB Network starting on Sunday, July 17th. Jim, as always... Thanks for joining us on the Sox Machine podcast. Yeah, no, this this is always fun. It'll it'll be interesting to see what they do draft wise. And I, I do think you're probably onto something. I mean, it's no secret. I mean, they know they need pitching. All of us who do prospect lists, I've got one pitcher in their top eight prospects, and and then some pitchers who probably have gone in the other direction, kind of sliding in behind them. Um, yeah, I, they need they need pitching. So I, I could see them taking the best player who, you know, in the first round and then trying to load up on college pitching. Cause you just make a lot of sense. You know, when you're, you're in a contending mode, I know they're not having the best season right now, but, but they're, they're in it to win it the next few years. Like you're going to need more pitching and you might as well get some college pitchers, uh, you know, who, who can move quickly. You know, Sean Burke may be a guy who, who moves quickly from last year's draft who already is, is, you know, what uh, up to double a, mm-hmm. you know, not, dominating but he's you know striking out in a guy per inning i mean like you know i i, I could see them taking more guys kind of in that sean burke mold who they could they can start moving through the system pretty quickly that will do it for this special edition of the socks machine podcast thank you so much for listening if you just discovered socks machine or have been a longtime lurker of socks machine help support us on patreon.com slash socks machine our patreon supporters receive exclusive content ad free versions of both the podcast and website and the first opportunity to receive our Sox Machine swag. Monthly plans start at just $2, and you can save with an annual subscription. Again, the website is patreon.com slash Machine. Subscribe to the Sox Machine podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Spotify and Apple Music. Follow us on Twitter at Sox Machine, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. Thanks for listening to this special edition of the Sox Machine podcast, a production of SoxMachine.com and part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.